So all the death that keeps yeah. happening, the cycle that was created, is all because these faith and a character we're going to talk more about resentment. later. Because of resentment. Resentment about yeah. the loss of Xanarkand and yeah. the inability to let it go. Yeah. To, to try to fight against nature, which is death. Death is what rules, <laughs> yes. right? And to yeah. say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that memory real forever. I'm never going to let it go. And what it created was a world of just this spiral, yeah. inescapable, never changing. That's, that's what's connecting it to me, right? Like the world of Spira never changes because these people could not let go of Xanarchy. What's up? Welcome back to the State of the Ark podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kason. Whew. Uh, we both survived about with COVID. <clears throat> Still on the second week, basically, of, yeah. <coughs> of a lingering just, just the lingering stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we didn't film last week, so we're back to <laughs> having no backup. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll fix it soon. Uh, Got to fix that again. Um, in any case, uh, today is probably the biggest reveals in all of Final Fantasy X. Um, uh, yeah, this yeah. is where we're going to really get into the the parts that can be confusing for people. So we're going to try to explain that as best we can. Uh, yeah. One thing I want to mention before we start, though, is it's about that time to start voting oh, on yeah. the next game. So um, that poll will be live when this video goes live. It'll probably go live on Monday. This will go up on Wednesday. So it'll run for at least all of next week and possibly the, the next week as well. Okay. We'll run that for two weeks. Um, so if you would like to participate in that vote on the next game that we play, um, go to our Patreon page or Subscribestar, either one. Uh, at the $5 level, people can vote. And they can also submit questions on the topics that we cover on our exclusive podcast for our supporters. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so that's available and that's uh, coming up. So go check out the games that are available to vote on now. Um, as for the game itself, we got to the Calm Lands. Yep. And we already explained what they are last week, so now you kind of descend down into kind of the center of the big field there. It's a little, like, tent kind of area. Yeah, yeah. And there's a character who approaches you named Father Zook. Yeah. It seems like he might be here to arrest us. Seems like it, because uh, he's, you know, a leader of Yevon. He's some sort of clergyman. Yeah. Um, but he's actually coming to inform us about what's going on with Yevon back in Bavel. It seems that in Bavel, Mike is struggling to kind of keep things yes, together. Very mm. much so. Yevon's yeah. falling apart a little bit. Oran comments on it throughout, but one of the one of the lines Oran says is that. Uh, uh, Micah, Seymour, and Yevon are all not of one mind, yeah. right? And yeah. they're all, it's fracturing, right? Even from the top, but everything's fracturing. Yep. So, anyways, just coming to let us know that. Um, he says, Maester Micah just issued a personal order, you know. It said that you and your guardians murdered Maester Keenock and fled. BS. Yep. Uh, we are to kill you on sight, well, or now, so it as says. As far as Master Micah knows, that may be what happened. I guess it could be. As far as he if knows. He, if he, does he really not know that <laughs> Seymour is what he is? Well, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I don't know. 
That's crazy. Good question. Um, he also reveals that Kelk Ronzo left Yevon. So yeah, yeah, he stepped Maester, down. Yeah, yeah, that that was sort of leading the proceedings of the court. Uh, he left Yevon. He went back to Gagazet, where the where the Ronzo are from, and he's kind of stepped down from being a Maester. Um, so you can talk to some of your party members here. They have some interesting things to say. Uh, Lulu tells Titus that uh, she and Waka were Zook's guardians on a previous pilgrimage. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Lulu has actually been a guardian for two other summoners Two others, in the so past. yeah, this would be her third. Well, this is their third that we know of. Yeah. There may have even been more, but yeah. <clears throat> but at least two others before. At least two others, yeah. Um, but Waka and her had both been guardians for Zook. And his pilgrimage came to an end here in the Calm Lands. He kind of just gave up. Oh, I can't remember. Was it Waka who says it was a short pilgrimage? Yeah. <laughs> I think he says something like he gave up halfway here on this plane. Now he's a monk at the Bavel Temple. Yeah. This is my third pilgrimage. Or this is Lulu saying this. <coughs> this is my third pilgrimage as a guardian. Father Zook was my second. And my first, well, it ended here too, I guess. Okay, so she had it been three. Her three, her okay. third, yeah. It ended here too. I've never been to the lands beyond. So both pilgrimages mm. she went on before ended here in the calm lands. And yeah, we're gonna learn a lot more about the first yeah, yeah. just after this, but. Um, see, what else do they talk about? Kimari reveals that they're close to his home, which is Gagazet yep, Mountain. Yep. Um, Titus suggests that uh, they might see his family while they're moving through and Kimari Says he has no family. Has no family. Yeah. We have no family. He says, but but I have you. Yeah, that's about right. it. Okay. And then Yuna is wondering about um, whether her father got lost on these planes. Uh, Titus says that it's very possible if his old man was helping. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. She, I think she tries to impersonate Aron uh, a little bit, which is kind of a funny scene there, because um, because I think what. Titus says is that Aura never tells him anything, and then so she mm. kind of does an impersonation of him. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, Riku's worrying about allowing Yuna to go through with the pilgrimage. You know, she's still not sure if they can do something to save her. Yeah, throughout this whole episode here, um, Titus and Riku are just kind of talking to each other yeah. little by little, every so often, about how how are we going to save? Have you figured anything out yet? How yeah. are we going to save Yuna? Right. Okay. Well, let's. Keep walking, keep thinking though, and they're just trying to figure out a way together, you know, to, yeah. to save her. Trying to think of a way, they're not thinking of anything, but they're assuring each other that they will do whatever it takes. Yeah. I find it interesting that um, Yuna and Zook do the Yevon salute, you know, to each other, which is normal. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> it seems like even after all of this is revealed about the church and how Zook is clearly not, he's going against the church by letting them live and then, or by not turning them in, or how, whatever he would be expected to do, and that Yuna has just been excommunicated and kicked out and all mm -hmm. of that. Um, but they still do that salute, which makes me think that that salute is not just a symbol of the Church of Yevon, but that it means more. Um, it's deeper than just the religion mm -hmm. itself. And that Could does be. make sense, since it goes all the way back to the sporting right. event thousands of years before. So the symbol predates the religion. And yeah, I don't know, you kind of forget that because it seems like they're intertwined. But it's like, no, it's a deeper thing. It's, it's, it's deeper than the religion itself. It's older and so than they him. will continue to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see. I think Aaron is just basically pondering about the messy situation with Yevon. Yeah, if Yevon founders, so will Spira. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so the whole every, it's not just the church that's going to break. Everything's going to break for everyone. Yeah. It, like the whole world is about to, to fracture. Yeah. Uh, because Yevon has been running the thing for so long and been the one sort of perpetuating <coughs> yeah. the spiral as Mike yes. was talking about last time, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, then you come up to a gorge, <clears throat> which is called the Scar. Um, I think the dialogue here is that they say that when the high summoner cornered Sin, Sin tore the earth here yeah. asunder with the last of its strength. The high summoner and Sin struck each other down at the gorge's bottom. Uh, Lord Gandalf sacrifice. Lord, Lord Gandalf's sacrifice brought us the calm. Mm -hmm. So there was a big fight that happened here, and when Gandalf and Sin clashed, it kind of created this gorge. That's typical mythology, right? Yeah. Uh, in this game, I suppose it's true, <laughs> but it yeah. could easily be not true. Yeah. And just more of a story, right? Um, there's a lot more you can do here in the Calm Lands. A lot of side content which we're going to skip over for now. Maybe we'll come back to it in a final episode or something. I got you, yeah, yeah. If there's more interesting things to discuss. But there are, there are chocobos. For now, I think we're just going to kind of move on with the story. With the story. That and, sounds good. And once we've kind of finished everything, you know, if there's something we missed or something people want us to talk about, we'll, we'll kind of double back. <laughs> um, but as you continue towards Gagazette, um, <clears throat> those two Guado who were like Seymour's yeah. attendant dudes. The one that's like a grunt where his like arm, he's like yeah. dragging his hands. It's like yeah. a, the little guy, the tall guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they come confront you. They say that Seymour has like a summon out for you, right? right. Come back, like you can't refuse the summons. And it's like, oh yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, we we're can. not, we have nothing to say to that guy. So they bring <clears> up <throat> some big rock monster to yeah. kill us and we kill him. And he's, he, they say something like he doesn't need you alive, but that's... Not true. I guess he doesn't need the party, but he, he uh, doesn't want Yuna alive. Sure, yeah, I think Because so. he's trying to get, he's still, he needs for some summary. reason, trying to get her to use him as the final Aeon. But, well, yeah. <clears throat> maybe maybe Yuna is naive enough to agree to, uh, okay, I promise <laughs> that uh, I'll go to jail. <laughs> and she's like, okay, she leaves the party and goes back to Bevel. <laughs> um, anyway, so they, they're, they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not messing with you guys. Um, so anyway, you fight this little golem rock monster that they yeah. yeah. Um, now th there's a, a, an optional dungeon that you can do here. Um, yeah. You can either continue on to Gagazette or you can go down into the valley a little bit. I think, as Lulu calls it, and there's a, a cavern down there called the Cavern of the Stolen Faith. Yep. And this is where Lulu's first summoner died yeah, on the first yeah. pilgrimage. So. You go in there, and um, there's a faith that was stolen that was from stolen. one of the old lost temples of Yevon. Yeah, it's crazy. So there are eight temples of Yevon, but I think only five of them are or, accounted for, yeah, and right. then the other three are ruined. Or yeah. yeah, and then the faith from them have been—they either are still in the temple, but this particular one had been removed. Yeah. But yeah, there are eight temples total because there's eight aeons, right? So whoever that thief was back in the day was trying, kind of like the Albed, to prevent the summoners from yes. fulfilling <laughs> the pilgrimage. I love that too because every everyone just kind of looks at Riku when it's like, oh, why'd they steal the faith? I guess to prevent the, yeah. you know, what was happening. And, it's, and Riku's like, or I, I think Tita says something like, yeah, I kind of agree with him. Now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, that's what, that's what Riku was doing. Yep. So the, the Aeon in this optional dungeon is Yojimbo. Yeah, Yojimbo. 
Um, Who's a total Ronin. Yep. Which is cool because you, you actually have to buy him. Right. You have to pay have to money pay for his services. For services. He's straight up a Ronin. Yeah. He's a wandering wandering samurai working for, for um, what would you call it? Just for money, for hire. Right, for hire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a way to kind of, you can, um, I think the way it works is you offer half plus one gill of what he's asking for the first time. And then you do it again, and then I don't can't remember. Anyways, the third time there's some other amount. There's a way to, to cheat get it. the absolute lowest uh, possible okay, okay. I didn't know how to bargain yeah. for Yojimbo. But um, I mean, I wasn't hurting for money. <laughs> I know too right? much at this point. It's it's a it's a it's, it's a like steep price tag. Two hundred fifty thousand bill or something. Yeah, but yeah. it's not like you know, it's not like yeah. you have to. Oh man, I can't afford it. It's like no. Particularly I if you've do done <laughs> much of the side kind of content. Yeah. That you can do in the game at this point. I think you probably have, well, more than enough gil to yeah. just pay for it if you want to. But but you can negotiate that mm -hmm. price down quite soon. And when you get into the faith, it this particular faith, he he looks sweet. Like yeah. he's just a hardcore kind of dude, mm -hmm. and he's got his sword. And anyways, they show the faith more clearer here than I think anywhere else. And it's a really long camera shot just showing yeah. him. He's got these. Uh, Ribbons going over him. He's kind of in this emblem, you know. Yeah. And you can kind of see his body, and then his spirit steps up, and we talk to him for a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. And of course, before you get in there, Lulu has to face yeah. off against her lady Ginnem. Yeah, Ginnem. Yeah. Um, who was unsent? Um, kind of at this point in the game, we've reached a point where there's really nothing. They talked about that last time. There's really nothing on the road going forward aside from the Ronzo. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Mount Gagazet, but like past that, there's like nothing on the road. There's no civilization mm -hmm. out there, which yeah, is why no they, one lives past the Calmlands, right? Yeah. So when yeah. these summoners die at this point, it's like there's nobody left to send them. That's true. So yeah, they're yeah. all kind of just scenes out here. So another really interesting thing here that uh, we kind of glossed over is that Ginnem stops Yuna from sending her. You just saw that in the footage that was on the screen if you're watching the video version. And it made me think about, you know, this... It, it's not even, you know, just my criticism. It's kind of a common criticism of all these opportunities that Yuna gets to, to send Seymour that they don't seem to take advantage of. But Ginnem is an example here of showing that it's possible for an unsent, I guess, with a strong enough will to stop summoners from sending them. I don't know if that's because Ginnem was a summoner herself, but Seymour is. So I think it could logically follow that even if Yuna had tried to send Seymour at all these opportunities that she, she had to do so, that he could have stopped her, right? It, it, that's now a possibility in this world. <laughs> so... I just thought that would be something interesting to bring up as a possibility here. And yeah. um, so anyway, so so Ginnem is a fiend. You have to yep. do you know do a fight against her. So the important thing to note here is when when Lulu was um, at the place. Sorry, I'm forgetting names now. We skipped a week because I was sick and now I can't remember anything. Um, where's the place where the the, the dudes live, the Seymour people live. Oh, the Guado? The Guado, um, Guado Salam. The Guado Salam. Yeah. So it, there, there's the the um, the plane, the far plane. The far plane, yeah. <laughs> and you can step up into there and conjure people's, you know, spirits and right. the fireflies fill it up. Uh, Lulu was trying to talk to somebody. Yep. 
and um, I'm pretty sure it was this girl. He was Ginnam, yep. And he, she couldn't um, connect. It was like this person's it hasn't been sent or something like yeah, that, right? Right. She so. she was confused about why she couldn't get Ginnam to show up. At yeah, the play. yeah. And the only explanation for this is person hasn't been sent. Yeah. They're still or they're still alive. Or they're still alive. But if you know they're dead, yeah. Then yeah, then there's another issue there. So this is kind of the payoff to that yeah, setup, yeah. which is an optional scene too. Because you have yeah. to leave into the Thunder Plains and then go back into the Far Plane to see mm. that scene. But anyway, <clears throat> Lulu was in the Far Plane trying to get, get him to show up. Couldn't get it to happen. Now she finds her here as a fiend. She hasn't been sent. So that's why she couldn't yeah. get her to show up. She, I th- it sounds, seems like she feels responsible <clears throat> in some way. Because yeah. she's talking about how young she was. And she, didn't, mm-hmm. she maybe didn't do the right things that she should have done or that she would do now. Yeah. So... <laughs> Anyways, it's it's this is an optional dungeon, but it's nice little uh, just just some some little background for for Lulu there. Yeah, um, having been a guardian in the past before Yuna, and uh, it's it's good. It's a it's a good little side dungeon. It is, yeah. It'd be interesting. To, I mean, you go on three pilgrimages. I did look it up. Yuna, Yuna, Lulu is twenty two. Yeah, in the game. Um, so she's not as much older than Titus than yeah. as I thought. I thought she'd be a little older than that. Like um, five-ish years or something. Yeah, like yeah. five years apart. Um, but, you know, she's been on three pilgrimages. And we see these pilgrimages. They take a long time. You know, you get really close. And, you know, she's already been through multiple of them before this point. Mm. And so, I don't know, you just kind of start to understand her character a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and the stuff that she's been through. And why she's, you know, pretty cold. And, yeah. you know, the way that she is. Yeah, exactly. Um, as you continue towards Gagazette, uh, there's a, a little narration from Titus. Mm. He says, uh, sometimes Yuna would just stare off into the distance. Oh, yeah. I finally <laughs> understood why. She was saying goodbye to the places she'd never see again. Yep. It's, it, it's these little lines like this, and this one in particular kind of struck me. It's just like, what would that be like, you know? Like, yeah, you yeah. know you're going to and this goes all the way back to like leaving Besaid, basically, where she was trying to like carry all that <coughs> yeah. stuff out with her. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was struggling to like say goodbye to this place or to hold on to things. Yeah, it was hard for her. And to like learning to let go. And then even mm-hmm. at Besaid, at, um, as she walks up the mountain on that last lookout before they, you know, head out to the other side, mm-hmm. um, she takes time, and Lulu tells her, "Take as much time as you need." And, yeah, that's what she's been doing. Yeah. So <coughs> she still thinks, like, she's going to have to sacrifice herself, right? Which is yeah. why she was crying Because it's so for much. the people. It's not for the church. It's for the people. Right. Which is why she was crying so much back in Makalania Woods. Because uh, yeah. we're in Titus's perspective, and he's saying, I'm not going to let her die. Yes. So there's part of, like, the player's perspective that's like, oh, she's not going to die. We're going to figure out a way. But, yeah. But it, I, I kind of, like, didn't think of the fact that for Yuna... She still believes she's going to die. Yeah, she's yeah. like on the path to the final aeon and to you know sacrificing herself, and so she's still yeah. kind of stopping along the way and saying goodbye to places that she'll never go back to. Yeah. So uh, it, it kind of it's a moment that sort of like brings that urgency back into things, and especially for Titus, who's like, okay, uh, I got to really think of a way exactly to like make this not happen the way yeah, yeah. That, that she's expecting it to. <laughs> Um, after that, you go to Mount Gagazet. It's where Kamari's people are from. Yeah, yeah. 
So the the Ronzo leaders, UC Kelk, he's mm -hmm. there, <laughs> and a couple other people, um, like Ronzo's brothers, right? They show up. Kimari's brothers, yeah. Kimari's brothers, Ronzo. And they are all... Th are they his brothers or... They I, I, say brother. I don't know I'm if it's... I'm confused. I don't know if they're like blood brothers yeah, or if it's, if it's just like, oh, we're brothers in Christ or something. <laughs> yes. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I... I seem to think that they're technically actually related, but okay. it could be that their culture is just they're all tight knit and they're all they all yeah. consider self brothers. And well, sisters. this is another thing I was confused about because I don't know how many Ronzo there are. Uh, I thought there were a lot more than I learned to realize there were by the end of this playthrough. Because I don't think there were very many. I don't know if Seymour is when you see him again. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if he's insinuating because he says the last Ronzo. Yeah, he, he, he that's says he wants quite... to say something to the last Ronzo, and he's 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 insinuating. I think that he killed all everybody. Yes, like all the Ronzo no, <laughs> that are left. But that would be insane. That's right? that would be crazy. Mean, are there really only like twenty Ronzo in the whole world? Um, I some people would say, oh, they um, they just showed twenty, but there are More? a million. Well, the, <laughs> right. and there are more, even like just well, but in you towns to, throughout the exactly, world. Exactly, exactly. Right? That's what I'm saying. Um, towns throughout the world, or there's the Blitzball team of the Bronzo, right? They have their own team, right? Yeah. There's So there's people all over the place. There's Ronzo everywhere. So Seymour is definitely exaggerating or purposefully... Maybe the last Ronzo of Gagazette. On the mountain, sure, sure. I don't know. I was a little bit confused by that. I'm, or, I'm looking or at the. Honestly, Seymour's uh, just lying, and he, but he's exaggerating that. Oh, I killed all of your other friends, you know, and yeah. not like yeah, you didn't really kill them all, but close enough. Okay, it says here on the wiki, Seymour falsely boasts that Yuna's guardian Kimaro Ronso is now the last Ronso. There you go. He declares that the Ronso were truly a gallant race. They threw themselves at me to bar my path one after another. Uh, so he's just lying when he says last Ronzo. Yeah. Yeah. Many Ronzo are killed in their attempt to stall him from going after Yuna. So he didn't actually kill them all. That's yeah. basically what I wanted to know. Good to know. I thought that too. I was like, I was, whoa, dude, there's like 12 Ronzo in the he whole He like committed the genocide on the Ronzo, but there's like not that many here. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, I was a little confused. But so yep. A race anyway. that small would not have gotten a seat at as I one of the maesters so. of Yevon or yeah. any of that. Yeah. Um, anyway. Dude, half of them. Their Blitzball team would have been like half their entire half their race. race. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so when you show up, Kelk and the others <laughs> come up and they're like, you have to leave. Like, you cannot come this way, right? <laughs> it's confusing yeah. to Yuna and the party because they, don't, they know that Kelk kind of stepped down yeah, yep. <clears throat> from Yevon. So why is he sort of... Upholding their uh, yeah um, Yevon's wishes to it? stop yeah. them as yes. traitors to Yevon, right? Yeah. Um, so like, what Ron, I think what Kelk says is Gagazet is Ronzo land, sacred mountain of Yevon. The mm. mountain will not bear the footsteps of infidels. So it's more that they're protecting their own mountain as opposed to the religion's yeah. wishes. Right? He's doing it more so, as a Ronzo than as a Yevon. Yeah, I think so. Right. If. Yuna and Titus and everybody turned around and left, he wouldn't have gone after them, no. right? Um, so he wasn't really doing Yevon's wishes because Yevon wants them captured and, yeah. you know, imprisoned and all that, or killed. Uh, but he he doesn't want that. He just wants them off of his mountain, right? The Ronzo yeah. feel very uh, 
close kinship with this mountain. And I, I think that there's probably a cultural connection with the mountain similar to the biological, the horn that they all have, right? Mm. So you could imagine that their horn that the mountain, Mount Gagazet is the horn of Spira. It's the horn of the oh, world, yeah. right? And the horn is sacred to them, right? It's, this is the horn, right? And it just so happens they guard what is the horn of the world, right? And, yeah. and the horn of the world is just as important and just they have responsibility to that horn as much as they do their own horns, right? right. So it's like a microcosm kind of thing going sure, on. Yeah. Um, that's what I immediately thought of when they talked about it. I'm like, this is, this is it. This is why it's so important that uh, Kimari lost his horn. It's like you lost your spirit, your divine providence, right? Like you, you, you didn't fulfill your responsibility, which is to the horn, yeah. right? Okay. You, have you ever heard, uh, there's that mountain in Switzerland called the Matterhorn? Right? Yeah, yeah. So the idea of a, a mountain being a horn isn't yeah, completely sure. out of, out of, the, out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah, totally makes sense. So I kind of made that connection there, and that's why. So it's the mountain that's sacred. It's not so much the, their, you know, discipleship with Yevon. Yeah. I'm sure that their discipleship with Yevon, or with Yevon, uh, was predated by their kinship to the mountain. Yes, I'll bet you they've been guarding this mountain for thousands and thousands yeah, of years. Yeah, right. And it's a, well, it's crazy because this is where a lot of the faith end up. And um, yeah. like this is, this is a very spiritual, very special mountain and probably a place that not too many people live. And at least because they were guarding it, this is why um, the, the faith were able to be atop this mountain, a place that maybe sin can't get to as easily or the mm. place that maybe... Bavel or the other forces a thousand years ago wouldn't have been able to get to. You know, yeah. this is like um, this is like the Himalayas. You know, it's yeah, like sure. it's not easy to just climb this. And we see gravestones all throughout the path of Mount Gagazet of like summoners who had died. Yeah. And like this is a rough climb. You know, yeah. and anybody who's ever seen what documentaries, <laughs> I'm <laughs> assuming no one who listens to us has ever climbed Mount Everest. But if any of you have, I would be very interested in hearing about it. Um, but my understanding is there are there are yeah. dead bodies and graves. frozen graves mm -hmm. and people and you know going all the way up the mountain and you just kind of got to pass them by. It's too dangerous to pull them down. You know, you're on a dangerous journey yourself. Yeah. Now it doesn't feel so much that way in the game, but I think they do a decent enough job of conveying that you know, we're not going to make it too dangerous for you, but just know that in this game this is a dangerous place to be. Mm -hmm. And and it just so happens on the top of that is where the faith are having their dream, you know. Right. And it's like they probably had to walk up this mountain too, just to get there, in order to be at a safe place where people won't bother them, so that they oh, can, yeah. so mm -hmm. that they can dream up. Yeah. You so know, people the dreams won't bother those faith. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like they they needed a place, and the mountain was that place. Yeah. And of course, mountains are like temples and yeah. all of that other There's symbolism a whole as well. Sanctuary up at the top. Anyway. Yes, exactly. Um. <clears throat> so the party oh. refuses to back yeah. down, and but. Kimari runs up, and he stands like toe to toe <laughs> with his brother or yeah, whoever the place. other guy. And um, yeah, he's looking like straight up at him. You see this all the time in like NBA games and stuff, where there'll yeah. be like a a small like point guard who like gets in gets into a fight with like the center or something, yeah. and they're trying to hold their ground. But it's like, <laughs> dude, you're so small, man. What are you doing? Yeah, stand <laughs> man. I, I love it, but at the same time, it says something about Kimari, about his spirit, you know, his his bravery, yeah. his his commitment to Yuna. We learn a lot more about this later on as well. But um, he is clearly outmatched mm. by these other people. But he's mm. like, I don't care. Yep. Like, I'll still stand up to him, you know. So yep. that's nice. I like it. So as they refuse to back down and announce, well, Yuna announces her intention to finish the pilgrimage anyway. Yeah, that they're that not, sort of like kill us, kill us. That right sort here. of surprises Kelk. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sort of make a connection and, and this idea that um, I'm still going to do my duty despite the fact that Yevon 
betrayed us or yeah. Yevon, you know, is corrupt. And the way she puts it, she's like, I'm going to help everybody by doing that. If you stop yeah. me, you're stopping somebody who could help the whole world. And right. that's what I'm like. I, who cares about the church? You know, I'm here to help you yeah. and all of your children and all that stuff. Right. And I think that's what really gets Kelk, where he's yeah. like, oh, she has the resolve of steel. You know? <laughs> like, we yeah. can't bend her. Yeah. Um, so they let you pass. Yeah. Um, I just realized too, at this moment, and I can't remember, I don't think I noticed this before. I don't think we talked about it, but Kimari has wings. His clothes have like wings. Oh yeah. Little mm-hmm. wings. Like he's a, he's a guardian. And of course the wings are reminiscent of an angel. So mm-hmm. he is a guardian angel, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like an idea there that I had just completely gone over my head, but yeah. none of the other Ronzo are wearing yeah. have like wings, right? right. Only, only Kimari only does. Only he does, yeah. yeah. Um, so I took note of a couple of things uh, that you, because again, you kind of come up to a place where you can talk to a bunch of the NPCs. You can talk to the party members. I really only took note of what Aaron says here because he's still really like thinking about Yevon's turmoil here. Yes, yeah, he's got some good lines here. He says, it is as I thought, Yevon is in turmoil. Yep. Micah tries to keep it whole, but it crumbles around him. And is this where Titus is like, who cares? Screw the church. Yeah, he says, yeah. look, I couldn't care less what happens to Yevon. Yes, exactly. And, and Arun's like, and hold Arun's on, dude, these are people. <laughs> says, because you're not of this world. Yes. To those who truly believe the teachings, a time of much pain is coming. Yes. So like this is, yeah, as much as we in our position hate Yevon and yeah. Yevon tried to kill us and everything, uh, Yevon is what holds this world together. Exactly. And when it falls apart, it's not going to be yes. an easy transition. This is why there have been several points where I have, you know, kind of been um, something of an, uh, an apologist for Yevon because <laughs> it's like, yeah, Yevon is keeping the world in this tight knit spiral at the center of which is sin, which is horrible. And everyone eventually is spiraling in towards this fate with sin. But at the same time, without Yevon, like sin's there, whether the church created teachings around it or not. Sin's, yeah. sin's a thing. He's, he exists. He's there. Mm. Um, he was going to destroy that world anyway. <laughs> like yeah, right. whether they had this belief structure to help them get through their daily lives or not. Mm. And so, yeah, without you can get rid of the church and like hooray. And Titus is like, yeah, get rid of the church. But it's like, dude, then everything's in chaos. Yep. And sin's still there. And everyone just dies now yep. without like any hope or meaning, you know, in right. their life. It's not so simple. It's not so simple. Is what Aaron is is getting at there. Yeah. Um, And I do like how they often do this in the game. They always say the teachings, right? When they discover the teachings are false. And you kind of have to do that in a game that has magic and summons (laughs) and stuff. You can't talk about how, oh, there is no God, right? Right. You can't do that. Clearly within the rules of the game, God is a force. Well, whether it's a person or just a nature, natural force, sure. you know, God is a thing. There is a spiritual like connection for sure, and so they always bring it to like the teachings in particular. Oh, the faith is in the teachings. The you know the the you know if you believe in the teachings, then you're about to go through a hard time. But it's so funny that they aren't striking the core of the church at, in terms of like the divinity, the existence of some divine being. Mm. It's a level up. It's the teachings about the existence of the divinity. That's what's going to crumble, right? Right. But instead of the divinity disappearing itself, like the God is dead kind of thing, they're not not at that level, you know. But it's interesting. They always make that distinction here, and they kind of have to. Yeah. Uh, One of the Ronzo who's behind Kelk uh, starts to tell you a little bit about the history with Kimari and Biran. Uh, Yeah, that's the the, the Biran, yeah, yeah. So he says, quarrel between Biran and Kimari started 10 years ago. Young Ronzo fight each other to show strength. 
Yeah. Biran beat uh, Kimari, but Kimari never admit to losing, not once. Mm. Angry Biran broke Kimari's horn. So, <coughs> wait, this is great. This is rich. Okay, keep reading it. No. Uh, Kimari could not bear the shame and left the sacred. Land. There you go. Oh, man, that's great. That's super good. You know what that says about Biran? Or, sorry, you know what that says about Kimari is that he is a counterculture kind of person, right? Right. Because he, he wouldn't admit the defeat. Yep. But it's like, oh, no, if you live within our culture, you admit defeat. It's just what you do. Yeah. And Kimari is questioning why. <laughs> Why do I have to admit defeat? Well, because you, our culture is the Ronzo, and going back thousands of years, it's what we do. And he's questioning the culture. Mm -hmm. He questioned his own culture. Yeah. Now, whether that was a wise thing to question, or whether it's like, dude, just admit you lost. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. but right. that's our culture. Right. Is like, dude, admit you lost. Theirs would be similar to that. Um, but um, Kimari is like uh, wanting to change his culture. Yeah. And it, it, in very few words, he doesn't say much. But in that sentence right there, you can you get that. You're like, oh man, he's not just like he's not just part of this culture that got excommunicated and stuff. It's like, no, he wanted to change the culture itself. Yeah. And that's what he's helping other people do elsewhere in spirit. Mm -hmm. But he just doesn't say anything. Yeah. But that's what he's doing. I love it. That's, well, great. You can that's good. You can imagine why. I mean, he's not gonna be able to beat anybody, particularly as a young Ronzo. Right. So he, he has no small. chance to win. Exactly. So yeah, like yeah. you could see why that being in that position, like admitting defeat is even harder because it's like you're essentially just like you have no chance of ever succeeding yeah. in this culture. So right, because it's a it's a brawn culture. Right. Yeah, yeah. So to admit defeat is to admit like I'll never yeah, yeah. win. Right. I'll never I'll progress. never have value. I'll never have value in the yeah. culture. So he just kept he kept delaying that yeah. inevitability. And, and ultimately, the left. culture castrated yeah. him. That's what it is. Just it's left cutting off somebody's horn is, is rendering him impotent. You cut off yeah. his power. You, you basically castrate him and then push him off. Yeah. And it's like, pff, that's huge. That's, that's real excommunication right there. Yeah. Um, but the reason it happened, I love that. I actually kind of missed that as Biram was talking until you just read it to me. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's what's going on. Yeah. So one thing I want to add to this point real quick is that when... Kimari defeats Biron and Yankee uh, coming up here in just a minute when they when they fight. I found it really interesting that Biron immediately admits defeat, like and is 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 just become like shows so much deference and respect to Kimari directly after that. And this was kind of his whole problem with Kimari earlier was that Kimari would not do this. Kimari would not respect the culture's traditions in terms of admitting defeat. But he himself does. He does respect that. And as soon as Kimari defeats him, he's quick to admit defeat. He's quick to be respectful and admits that he's happy that Kimari has become so strong. He actually wanted to see him succeed, which is such a turnaround from all the mocking that he had done earlier. So it really shows a different side of Biran's character. It rounds out that character a little bit. He's not just a bully, the way that he had been portrayed up to this point. And he has deep-rooted respect for the traditions of the Ronzo and to their responsibility to Gagazette. So I really, really liked that touch that they gave to Biran, that he, he was so quick to admit defeat. 
and with that being the entire reason he was so angry with Kimari in the first place. It's just really cool, a really nice touch. So Biran and Yankee, the other one, they stop you as you're continuing up the mountain, and they're like, everyone can go, but not Kimari. Um, Little Kimari, yeah. Yeah, he can't go because of what you're saying. He was, he was yeah. ostracized from the culture. He's not allowed to be here. Yes. Um, unless he can prove his strength now. So yeah. you, uh, you end up having a fight, Kimari, against the two of them. Both of them, right. yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the idea I guess I had in my mind, in my playthrough, I did Kimari not on his own uh, path. I did him, he went down to Black Mage path, Lulu's path, so he had... Oh, interesting. Like, black magic. Okay, stuff. cool. That's kind of the way I sent him. So, my interpretation of how he's able to win this fight is, is not less by... pure strength. ...pursuing yeah. his own yeah. sort of path, but by learning what he did from his guardian friends... Which is he, great. He gained power that he wouldn't have got here in. Yagazan I like that. I like that. Like story wise, to, yeah, I like that because it means that he he exited his culture and gained new insight from a separate culture right. and is bringing it back in right. in this new way to help reinvigorate his dead culture that kicked him out because yeah. he didn't fit in. You know, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, and it, basically, he he insists on doing this. He insists on going through this trial of fighting Biran and Yankee. Um, in part, I think, because he wants to... He wants to reunite with his culture. He yeah, wants yeah. to, like... He, he Like you said, maybe he was challenging it as a young Ronso and, and then ended up leaving it when he couldn't do that or when yeah. he couldn't overcome... You know, he couldn't make any progress there. But now he wants to, like, come back into it again. Hmm. Um, and so he's he's accepting the challenge, right? Yeah, but that's what I love about if, and this is purely up to gameplay, however you play the game, but I like the way that you did it. It's the way that he comes back into it mm -hmm. is through, you know, in re-energizing his culture through something from the outside, yeah. through black magic or something like that, right. that he was able to learn and then he was able to, you know, show his value in a different way. Yeah. Um, I wish that was part of the game. As soon as you say that, <laughs> oh, that would have been sweet. That would have been sweet. But you can yeah. play it that way, and then it is part of your gameplay, right? Um, so when when you when you end up winning that fight, uh, Biron yeah. and Yankee are now very um, respectful yep. towards him, right? Yeah. Uh, I think Biron says, "Sacred Mount Gagazet, I honor the name of a strong warrior who defeats Biron." Yeah, he like shouts it. <clears throat> Remember always, Gagazet. That name is Kimari. And Yankee says, Mountain knows Kimari strong, Kimari may pass. Um, I think Biran says, Summoner, we Ronzo will stop pursuers from the temple. Mm. Penance for breaking Kimari's horn long ago. So he's, ah, I really like that part. That's cool. Yeah, he has felt cool. bad, despite all the times he's making fun yeah. of Kimari through the whole game. He feels bad that he did that, right? Yes. That he broke his horn. That's like the ultimate freaking yep. insult in their culture which he had done to him out of frustration that he wouldn't admit that he had lost. Yeah. Right. Was that really worth completely like destroying yeah. his uh, place in the culture, you know? So he wanted he wanted Kimari to, to beat him, right? Yeah. But there would have been no way that he would go easy on him. No. Right? So he would he he wanted Kimari to become strong, really. Yes. And it, it, when he's throwing these insults and making fun of him, he wants to fight Kimari to fight him again so that 
eventually Kimari would eventually win, is what I'm thinking. But yeah. <coughs> yeah um, I think Yankee says uh, we crush enemies following behind, Kimari crush enemies standing before. So they're going to yes, help them. Anyone who pursues them up the mountain, they're going to try to stop them. Yeah, so these guys died then. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Um, then they, they're saying something about a, a statue. Ranza will shine your statue brightest, they're saying to her. Yeah, yeah. And she's saying, thank you, but I fear that no one will make a statue for a traitor such yes, as I am. Yes, yeah. And then they say, then Ronzo will make with a grand horn on yep. head. With the glorious horn right in the, right <laughs> in the forehead. They're going to make a Yuna statue with a horn. <laughs> and so she's like, that would be wonderful. Yeah, she, I'd love to see it. And then Titus, for once, doesn't bring up the, oh, well, afterwards we'll come back and you can see it. But he yeah. does give his inner monologue. Well. We say in our monologue, people in the comments keep correcting it, saying that it's a narration for yeah. a story thing. I, I keep saying in our monologue, but I, we're referring to the same thing, yeah. um, where he says, oh man, I really, but I want to see it with her, you know? Yes. I don't want, I, I don't want to come and see it by myself. I wanted to see Yuna's statue too, but I wanted to see it with Yuna by my side. Yeah, right. yeah. And then the all the Ronzo kind of start singing the hymn of the faith yes. as yeah, she yeah. proceeds up the mountain. It's kind of a nice moment. Yeah, it was a nice moment. Um, so you find these shrines that are built to um, summon or yeah. sort of failed along the path. Usually right? there's like a staff or something mm. in the spike or something in the middle of like a split rock or something like that. And that's, yeah. that's the more or less the graveyard, I guess, a grave of a summoner who yeah. had died. You find another sphere up this path too. This one was recorded by Braska yeah, yeah, with yeah, a I message for Yuna. He says, um, well, mostly the sentiment of this is Live your life the way that you want to live it. Yeah. And I support that, whatever that right. is, kind of a thing. And it just so happens she does, she wants to do exactly what he did. Yep. But he's, he, it's almost like he's trying to persuade her not to do what he's doing. Yeah. He's like, oh, go live your life. You don't have to be like me, you know? Yeah. But then Yuna's already made a decision to be like him by the time she gets that memory and is yeah. like, oh, well, yep. that's what it's I'm doing. The same path. <laughs> exactly. But at least not the path of Yevon, right? They're doing it their own way. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. So Making it up as they go a little. Lulu then tells you a little further ahead that summoners who die up here are not sent to the far plane because there's no summoners left. There's no civilization left moving forward. Um, so many have become fiends and they want Yuna's company. Mm. And I think Tita says something like, that's what we're here for, right? We're the guardians. She'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then you meet, okay, I, I didn't remember this character's name before. His name is Once. Oh, yeah, Once. Yeah, He's yeah, the yeah. brother of Awaka, who's like the, the traveling 20, merchant guy. Yeah, He's yeah. been selling you stuff throughout the game. Yes. Last time we saw Awaka was back in Bavel, and he was like selling stuff to you and helping you and talking about how much, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes to help. So mm -hmm. he was imprisoned. Because of that. Because he helped Yuna yes. in Bavel. And yeah. so his brother Once is now going to like... Help you for the yeah. rest of the way, right? And yeah. he was the one who met his sister in the far plane I was talking about and said that his sister looked like Yuna when she looks nothing like Yuna. <laughs> oh, that was him? <laughs> it was him. Oh, okay, okay, nice. So anyways, that's kind yeah. of the reason why those two brothers want to help Yuna, though, is because Yuna reminds them of their sister. Ah, uh, there you go. Right, yeah, so that's yeah. why they're so um, eager to sort of like be of okay. help to her that's on, cool. along the path. That's nice. So that's kind of a nice moment. Um, then as you near the top of the mountain, you have a conversation between uh, Titus and Riku about Xanarkand being so close and we yeah. don't know what we're going to well, do Well, at first yet. I think Riku's like, hey, should we take a rest? And Aaron's like, we don't have time to rest. Yeah. And she's like, that's 
that's my point. Like she's trying to stall, <laughs> yes. right? She's trying to stall. Yes. And then everyone walks away and Titus talks to her. Yeah. And she's saying, have you, you know, so have you figured anything out? And yeah. no, have you? No, I can't think of anything. Like, okay, well, what do we do? And Riku's kind of, you know, freaking out a little. Um, and Titus says, well, let's just go to Xanarkand and maybe we'll think of something there. And yep. it's like, actually take a note or two there. Um, saying that if we just go to Xanarkand, it will all come together. I know it. That's a bit of a, a statement of faith, right? Mm -hmm. So he has much faith, it seems, just not in a system or structure, right? It's more like faith in his friends and in the divine providence of those who do what's right. Yeah. Kind of like Jack saying, oh, we right. should do this because it's the right thing to do, right? right? Well, that's, there's a statement of faith that if you, if you do the right thing to do, then divine providence will shine down upon you in some way that, that helps you, right? Mm -hmm. And um, whether it's faith in your friends or, or something else like that. That's more or less what uh, what Titus is saying, right? He's, he's really, oh, for sure, for sure, because we're doing the right thing, for sure something's gonna come. We're, we're gonna figure this out. Just We just gotta keep going and trust that the inspiration will come when it comes, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, Riku is a bit separated from that, I think. She's having a harder time. Yeah. <clears throat> but Titus seems a lot more positive in that regard. Right. And so he's just determined, like, this. We're gonna we're gonna figure it out, right? Like, no matter what, we're gonna figure out a way. I don't yeah. know that way yet, but it's gonna happen. Um, do and then Seymour shows up. Yeah, of course. Pursuing from behind. This is what we were talking about earlier, where he says he killed all Ronzo back. Yeah. Um So I also he thought he's the last Ronzo. I also thought it was interesting that he he refers to Titus as the son of Jack. He seems yes. to know that Jack yes. is the current. Yeah, um, I wonder how he knows that. Uh, sin. Yeah. He says some really interesting things. Now, now at so, the same time, though, the, everyone knows Braska defeated Sin. Yes, and, and Oren's still around. And yes. so, if you know how it works, then if you know obviously that the other Guardian had to have yeah. been. But so that would make sense. How that he, would he know knew in that, sense. that Jack and Titus were related? I don't know. Ah, uh, that's a great question. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe there's. Huh. Maybe that's getting around. <coughs> well, well, the Guado are keen on the scent of the far plane. Of the far plane. Yeah, he does know now, that. But anyway. Yeah. Well, because I have questions about Titus. Yes. We'll, we'll get there. I have questions about how he's being manifest in this world. <coughs> so, but, he says a couple interesting things. So, Lady Yuna, it's a pleasure. Yuna uh, starts preparing to send him again. And he's like ascending so soon. He's almost like annoyed by it. He's like, hey, really? <laughs> We're doing this again? This is like her third, fourth time just trying to send him. <laughs> Allow me time. to say something to the last Ronzo before I leave. Yours was truly a gallant race. They mm -hmm. threw themselves at, uh, at me to bar my path, one after another. You could end the suffering of this poor Ronzo. And he gets back in his, his, his diatribe. See, he's sad yes. now that I told him I killed all of his friends. Yes. So don't you want his uh, suffering so let's to kill end? Him. Let's kill everybody. <laughs> but this is part of his real philosophy, right? Because yeah. um, Kimari isn't sad that he's the last Ronzo. He's sad that he was told he was the last Ronzo, yes. which was a lie. Yes. So it's like it's almost like, okay, if you act too rashly on the fact that oh, everyone's so sad, we should just kill everyone. You're doing away with the potential that that was actually... that every reality is not what you think it is mm. or that everything's a lie and that there is some hope somewhere, right? You destroy that when you just kill everybody because of the suffering. When it's like, oh wait, there is reason 
for yeah. hope. You know, right. imagine how happy Kimari would be to later later learn that he is actually not the last Ronzo. Right. There are probably many of them left, but he thinks he is, and you kill him now to end that suffering. But it's like, no, you're you're preventing something else later. Yeah. Anyways, it, it's a good microcosm of, of the, the flaw it with his philosophy. philosophy. It's as long as you think everything sucks, you're suffering. Mm -hmm. But that may not actually be the truth. Right. And he, so he's talking about becoming the next sin, right? That's what he wants. Yep. We know yeah. that at this point. Now, here's an interesting thing he says. With your help, come with me, Yuna. Once I have become the next sin, he's saying to Titus now, yes. your father will be freed again. <coughs> and Yuna, Yuna hears this. Yeah, and so yeah. this starts a question in Yuna's mind. Yep. Because nobody else aside from Titus and uh, Aaron at this point know yeah, nobody else knows. that Jekt is sin. Um, did you take any notes on Seymour's uh, design for this? I fight? looked at it. I, I can't come up. I, I can't I either. I can't make heads or tails of it. It's it pretty kind of looks like a though. bee, maybe like a skeleton of like a honeybee. There's like a uh, almost like a cage behind yeah, him, and that looks a like an insect sphere inside of the back of it. Yeah, yeah, I did. And he's get got that. the two. Uh, swords on his shoulder. Yeah, he's got the two he swords. Pulls out and will attack. And it's you a with. symmetrical thing. So again, really quickly, something else I, I kind of glossed over while we were recording the podcast is that, whereas with the former uh, form that Seymour took in the last boss fight against him, where he sort of transformed into Seymour Natus, here, this little like cage thing. It's, he, he like joins with it. It like exists as a contraption outside of him. And then he sort of like goes and like fuses with this thing. So again, just another interesting part of the design here. <laughs> I can't seem to, to make much sense of in terms of its like symbolic uh, relevance. But... Um, it, it was just something I forgot to mention in the podcast, so I wanted to take a second to make that point as well. I just don't really it know what like to a bug. make of the design itself. I, yeah, I don't either. I don't know what it means. And, and that's the case of his last, um, you know, design for his last form yeah, the, that he took. It's like, form. It, it seems like it's saying something, that it's a design that's what pointing towards something. What is the name but of I can't this tell. form? Because the, the last one was Natus. Yeah, N-A-T-U-S. Right? I didn't look up. This one. Flux. Flux. Flux, that's it. Flux is the name of this form. Oh, one thing he does is he inflicts you with the zombie status, and then he, he like, casts full life on you and kills you, which is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, so he turns you into a zombie and then <laughs> casts smart. life on you to kill you. That's smart, dude. Uh, I don't, but yeah, I don't really, like Seymour Natus, Seymour Flux will banish Aeons. Giving him um, one turn to attack if summoned. So he, he gets rid of your summons if you try to yeah, yeah. bring him in. Cause... Yeah, this doesn't say anything about his appearance. Um, but yeah, there's like a cage behind him. I wish I... Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't really make sense of the design. But flux, mm. I mean the word flux, right? In flux it means he's almost like... Like a transition. The, he's transitioning yeah. from... The Natus form, which we're talking about, like the birth. birth. Yeah, rebirth. So his rebirth is Natus. Flux and is like the, the transitional sort of um, form into then what would become 
the, the final, yeah, the final form, right? So this is like maybe a cocoon. Uh, that could be right. It could be like because I, I got the yeah. idea that it was like a bug. I seem to think it was like a bee, but it could be like a cocoon. I mean, he's not in it. And there's that. It's not a functional cocoon. In, it's not like enclosed. It's just like yeah. the, the frame or the skeleton of a and there's cocoon. That sphere, yeah. And there's a glowing sphere in the back of it. So it's almost like. Um, I don't know, maybe he's feeding on that like it's a yoke of some kind. And he's ah, kind of, that's I don't know if that's right, but I, I can't, aside from that, I can't really make too much out of like this design. But I just wanted to ask if you had seen it. Yeah, anything, but. I, I wish. It's like a 3D model of it. Yeah. Well, it's so pretty cool looking design though, I do like it. <clears throat> yeah, um, cool. So anyways, after that battle, after you defeat him, Yuna starts putting it together, what he was talking about, right? Yep. This is where she realized, like, wait a minute, Jekt being... And what's he got free, to do with like, this? What, what's, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Titus, I, I think Aaron tries to say, like, oh, he's lying. Just yeah. ignore Let's it. go, let's go. But um, Titus can't lie to no, Yuna, though. He, he comes out and lets yeah. everyone know, it's my old man. And they're like, wait, you're going to fight your own father? And he's like, oh, that's, <laughs> no problem with that. <laughs> that's not an issue. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the problem. <laughs> it's like I've wanted to kill my father my whole life. Yeah, he's like stage and, two Oedipus complex. And he wants me to, anyways. I think my yeah, old yeah. man would want us to stop him. Yeah. So yes, I'm on board. It's okay. Like there's no problems with me. Like, Although the the yeah. um, his father wanting Titus to come end his suffering yes. is um, a little bit Seymourish. Yes. Right. right. Um. So, so it's not the Seymour doesn't have a point. I guess. I get, yeah. Um, okay, so the, I wanted to get to this next part. This is the, the really big part. Yeah, yeah, this is crazy. So uh, any more notes on any of nope, this? Nope, okay. my next note is on so the face. This so is, this is where we get like the like gut punch sort of like big plot twist of yes. this game. Yeah, yeah. This, this is like the big reveal, the biggest one. Um, as you arrive near the pinnacle of Gagazette, there is just a, a cliff face where all of these people, faith, yeah. are just like like embedded kind of in the side of the mountain. There's thousands of them. And there's this green like aura kind of emanating from them, yeah. And there's kind of a pillar yes. off the cliff of to water kind that's of like going shooting up shooting up, right? Yeah, which we had mentioned before, <clears throat> like in the far plane, yeah. there was pillars of this water, water going upwards. Yeah. Right? right. So And that oh, and this was the other thing. In the far plane, there's that um, there's like a hole where water seems oh, yeah, to the, be going the down. Big, uh, what do you call it? The whirlpool. It's like a whirlpool, yeah. yeah. Except the water isn't spiraling or anything. It's just like Falling down. down or coming up. I don't know. Since you had mentioned that those other pillars were going up, um, I don't know the direction of that water either. It could be that this water from the faith goes up and opens up into like a, a crazy other world, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> um, they explain, I think Yuna does what we're looking at here. Those are faith, yeah. a summoning. So it's not just that there are faith in the Bedouin and that they're all currently uh, involved in yeah. a summoning that is happening. They're actively summoning. Someone is using these yeah. faith. Someone is drawing energy from all of them. And I think it's Riku or something that says this many. And um, Lulu says, who wields power on this scale and what yeah. could they be calling? Um, Hey, you know something, don't you? Spill the beans, says uh, Riku to, to Oren. Yeah, and Oren won't say anything. And he says, look, not to others for knowledge. This is your journey, too. Like, you figure it yes. out. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Marika says, Uni might die, you know. She's desperate to like get some information. And then Tita says, no, Oren's right. This is our, this is my story. So that's back to, to what he said at the beginning. Yeah. Listen to my story. Listen to my story. He touches the faith. And he goes into a vision of yep. his Xanarkand. Yeah, the but he, he doesn't really recognize it, though. No, not right? at first. It feels like foreign to him in this weird way. Yeah. But he's in his old house. Yes. And yes. he just, he has no idea. So the purple hooded boy yep. returns. And he's like kind of huddled in the corner. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And th- there's a lot of dialogue here. I'm going to kind of be going through it. Okay. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to explain this in a way to where it'll be picture perfectly clear yeah. what's going on. Okay. Because I know the first time I played this game, I didn't really understand this concept of no. dreams and dreaming. Yeah, me neither. In the correct way. Yeah. So um, we're going to try to clear I that didn't up. until you mentioned <clears throat> it that one podcast. Yeah. So he says, remember me? The purple hooded boy says, we met in Bavel. When yeah. that, that's where his faith is stored in the temple of Bavel, the Bahamut. Yes. Aeon, right? But that's weird because Titus has seen this ghost his whole life. All his whole life yeah. from Xanarkand, right? And now it seems that maybe Titus didn't see the kid the way yeah. that we thought he did. Remember me? We met back in Bavel. And he says, uh, yeah. And then the boy says, but that wasn't the first time we met. I've known yeah. about you for a long time. A long, long time. And... Tita says, I feel like I know you too. Where are we? Silly, don't you recognize your own home? Um, Then we see like Waka and Riku, they're like trying to wake Titus up. So he's in some kind of dream. Yeah. And they're like, hey, wake up. What's wrong with you? Because he had touched the thing and then he obviously kind of fell asleep. Yes. And uh, so everyone's trying to like wake him up. And he's like, wait, this is a dream. And the boy says, precisely. And then Titus says, a dream? Are you crazy? I don't have time to be dreaming now. And this is the big, this is the big moment. The boy yeah. says, you're wrong. It's not that you're dreaming. You are a dream. Yeah. And then Titus, huh? Wait a sec. Then they run outside. And this is where he starts to explain. The boy says, long ago there was a war. And Titus says, yeah, with Machina, right? And the boy says, yes, a war between Xanarkand and Bavel. Bavel's machina assured their victory from the start. Spira had never seen such power. The summoners of Xanarkand didn't stand a chance. Xanarkand was doomed to oblivion. That's why we tried to save it, if only in a memory. And I think Tita sits down here, and he's sort of listening to him. Mm. So he says, what did you do? And the boy says, the remaining summoners and the townspeople that survived the war, they all became faith, faith for a summoning. It's important to, to mention that word. It's faith yes. for a summoning. And Titus says, the summoning, you mean sin? And the boy says, no, I mean this place. A Xanarchant that never sleeps. Mm. So the faith that Titus touched on the mountainside, the ones that are currently summoning something, there is somebody else using these faith to summon Xanarchant. They are summoning Xanarchant. Yeah. It, it's better to think because they use terminology like it's a dream, you're a dream, yes. this is a dream. That's technically correct. Yes, but it's not a dream like you or I have a dream. It's it's right? Yes, it's not just this like abstract sort of uh, concept in your mind. It starts as that. Yes. But, but, but they are the, physically yes. summoning 
Xanarchand yes. as they remember it. Now, am I correct in saying that this is the Pyreflies that take the dream of the faith and make it into yes. a reality, right. right? They make it manifest in the, the world. The Pyreflies are involved yes. in this dream of the faith. There's a summoner, the faith that are doing the dreaming or the, the, the remembering, I'll call it that. Yeah. They are, to the best of their ability, all thousand of whatever these faith. They are recalling or remembering in a dream state. Yes. All the people, all the buildings, everything about the Xanarchand yep. they came from. These were the actual citizens and summoners of Xanarchand a thousand yeah. years ago. When it was destroyed, their way of preserving Xanarchand was to dream and remember it in a dream. And then a summoner is using them to actually make it real, just like Aeons. Yes, just so, like Aeons, exactly. The Xanarchand that Titus comes from, and mm -hmm. he himself and all the people he knew, are actually Aeons. They are Aeons just like Bahamut or Valifor or whatever, yeah. that a summoner is calling from the minds of sleeping faith yeah. in the side of this mountain. And there's, like we said, thousands of them, right, that are doing this. They're all involved in this shared dream and they're all kind of remembering their little piece of Xanarchand, right? That they're sort of like recalling in this dream. Yep. And then there's another summoner using them, and like you said, the pyreflies, to bring that memory into the physical world. So the Xanarchand that Titus comes from, and, Z and Titus himself, are physically present in Spira. It's they're, we're going to recall, or we're going to refer to this from now on as Dream Xanarchand. This is yeah. It's not the time skip is not technically correct. No, it is not a thousand years. Right. It's it is a thousand years previous, but um, it's the memory of Xanarchand a thousand years previous that is currently still an actual place in, in Spira, Spira, somewhere right. in Spira. Right. Yeah. And this is where Jekt and yeah. Titus came from, from the Aeon. Dream yes. Xanarchand yes. that is physically in in Spira somewhere right now, yeah. right? Um, and, and so, so he did not sense. get transported 1,000 years into the future. Yes. that The real Xanarchand from 1,000 years ago is the one they're walking into at the other side of this mountain, the one mm -hmm. that was actually destroyed yeah. by Bavel in the war. The one he comes from is not from a thousand years ago. It's just the memory of the place according to these faith on this mountain. Yes. That's what's happening. I hope that that makes sense. I hope so. The way that we <laughs> explained it. So here, here would be a way of thinking about it. When Sin shows up at the very beginning of this game and destroys Dreams Anarchand. Yes. It could be that as soon as Sin left, they just restored it up again and everything was back to how exactly it was. Exactly the same right? as when you summon an Aeon into a battle and it gets killed. Yeah, it's like, And well, then you can just summon it again you later. You can bring it back, yeah. Right, because this is just coming from the mind of one of the faith in the temples. Yeah. Right? So they can continue dreaming it and yeah. then you, with the Pyreflies and the summoner can draw the, the summon out again, the Aeon out again. So... And yeah. yeah, there's something really good about it, but maybe um, maybe we'll hold off on talking too much more about this. Until um, like the final episode. Till a little bit later. Yeah. Because like, who's the summoner and all of this stuff. So that's what this boy is saying. They became faith, faith for the summoning. 
And Titus says, the summoning, you mean sin? So is sin the one being summoned? And he says, no, this place, a Xanarchan that never sleeps. Mm. And Titus says, what? And the boy says, the dreams of the faith summoned the memories of the city. They summoned all the buildings, all the people who lived there. And uh, Titus says, the people, what, they're all dreams? Me too? And the boy says, yes, you are a dream of the faith. You, your father, your mother, everyone, all dreams. And if the faith stop dreaming, then you would cease to exist, Yes, is the idea, right? Um, and also, <clears throat> he says, it's very tiring. Yes. I want to stop dreaming. And, and so, Titus says, no, so what if I'm a dream? I like being here. Yeah, yeah. And the boy says, we've been dreaming so long, we're tired. Yeah. Would you and your father, would you let us rest? Both, hmm. both you and your father have been touched by sin. Sin, the one around whom all spira, the spiral, revolves. Yep. And Titus says, what are you saying? And the boy says, you two are more than just dreams now. And then Yuna's trying to get him to wake up, wake up, please wake up. And the boy says, just a little more, and maybe, maybe you are the dream that will end our dreaming at last. So this was something we talked about in the spoiler section a few episodes mm. back. Oh, yeah. About the theory that you had that the faith created Titus and Jekt yeah. specifically to try to get them to stop their dreaming. Exactly. So they created their beef with each other. Yes. They created their whole daddy, son issues yes. scenario in order to prepare these two dreams to come out, to be summoned into the real world yeah. and to help the people of Spira who are trapped in this uh, spiral mm -hmm. that they can't break out of because Yevon, right? Yep. Who are like entrapped in that doctrine and who can't seem to break that, uh, break that cycle. They brought two people from their dream out to challenge everybody, challenge their way of thinking to be influential yes. in them getting away from Yevon and actually finally stopping this dream and letting the faith rest. That is, I think, spot on. I think that's I exactly think so. why so. Bahamut, this boy, was with yeah. him his whole life. And was kind of manipulating things, yes. kind of you know altering the course of his life ever so subtly, just in subtle little ways here and there, and just kind of moving the pieces to ensure that... Titus hates Jekt enough to want to kill him, mm -hmm. and but also to ensure that that Titus wasn't so neglected that he doesn't have a moral sense of what's right and wrong, right? Or that he doesn't have a screwed up moral compass, right. right? So he he was raised good enough to know what's right and wrong and to want to do the right thing, mm -hmm. but bad enough to really want to kill his father. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. But they they <coughs> they strode that line there perfectly. Mm -hmm. You could think about this as a, a story, right? Yep. The faith all determined that the story they were living in was insufficient and they needed a new story. Mm. And the previous story was the story of, well, of the religion, of, of the, the, I don't know how much we want to say about this, but the reason they're dreaming Xanarkind in the first place, right? Yes. They had this story, right? This, this, this longing for the, the city that had been destroyed and they wanted to go back to it, right? Right. Well... Now they have come up with a new story, and it just so happens to be 
they created the story of a father who has a son. The father goes off, something happens, becomes corrupted, ends up in the belly of a beast, and the son now has to go out into the wide world to rescue his father from the belly of the beast, right? Mm. This is the hero's journey, right? Yep. But they didn't have that story previously. They had a, uh, let's return to the past, everything was great back in the past, let's go back to the past, and just live and preserve the past forever, you know? Mm, right. And it's like, okay, eventually, that's unsustainable. You right. can't do that forever. Right. You need to renew the, your past. You need to re-energize. You need to reinvigorate the culture. You need to bring in things from the outside, allow things to come in from the outside, which they weren't doing. Yeah. And you need to find a way <coughs> to continue things in a positive way without, um, I don't know, like, it, like what the kid was saying, they were just getting exhausted. They yeah. were just getting so exhausted of doing this. And so they decided to tell themselves the hero's journey story. And that story is what's going to save them. It's going to save everything. It's going to save their culture. It's going to save the world, you know. Yeah. And, but it's a story, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what dreams are. Dreams are stories. But they decided after a thousand years to create a story that could save them. And that is fundamentally what religion is, is it's a story that can save you, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's what... They did. I don't know. Just thinking of it that way might actually help people even a little bit more to realize exactly what they were doing here and what they were trying to do and why this is the story that they settled on. Why Titus is here. Why Jekt is here. It's the hero's journey. They ultimately determined, finally, we need a hero. How's this going to work? And they, you have to create the father and the son. You can't just have the son come right. out and save the world. You right. need the father who gets trapped. You need the reason for the son to go, go on the journey and and to go become the hero yeah right anyways it's great i love how they did this here this is very well done there's there's a couple of things that came to my mind as we were talking about this mm. one is part of the way they break this cycle or at least one piece of it is previously the final aeon is always you know a guardian or somebody close to the summoner who's used to become sin <laughs> this yeah. is the first yeah. time that a, a non-denizen of Spira became That's sin. That's true. Because this was one of their dreams made oh, real. Geez. This is, a, this is that, an aeon. That gives them some <clears throat> element of control over the situation sure. that they didn't have before. Sure. Oh, that's crazy. So they created yeah. a man, yeah. inject, who would try to resist yeah. you know, sin's... Uh, instincts that's crazy and would try to reunite with the son that they had created yeah and this is the whole reason why sin is acting differently probably than previously and, and came back to dreams it's Anarchy almost and, like they used the system against itself yes. and they infiltrated sin right. they got someone on the inside right. of sin and go figure it take <coughs> A thousand years for them to think of that. Yeah, like that's crazy. <laughs> or, or that's a crazy the... thought. It's a crazy idea. Yeah. and and who even knows would this work? Can our dreams really just become? But it worked. Like mm. that's crazy. I can't. Yeah. First, that's crazy that it worked. Yes. But second off, the reunification of the son and the father, which has you know Christian themes all all sure. over it. Yeah. Um, but the story that they're that that is being told here that just kind of adds a whole other dimension to it. But right. Yeah. Oh man, that's crazy. I like that. So um, the other thing. That I was thinking of. Let me remember it real quick. The, the, the other thing I was thinking was this is kind of um, showing. I don't know what to call it. I don't know if I have the right terminology for it. It's it's not so much like a cautionary tale. It's kind of that, but the idea of trying to hang on to something and never let go of it. Yeah. The, the inability for a thousand years to let go of yes. something. Right. Yes. Yes. This yes. is this is part of life. 
part of life is loss and learning mm. how to let go of things. It's like such an important <coughs> thing to develop and to be able yeah. to do. Because you're going to experience loss. And things, everything, every good thing comes to an end. Nothing lasts forever. Yeah. But what the, the people of Xanarkin were trying to do was refuse to let go of or refuse to say goodbye to or refuse to allow Xanarkin to end. And so what, what resulted in that is that I'm sure for a long time the faith were happy with this sort of situation they're in where they're just summoning this memory of Xanarkin to perpetually yes. to keep it alive. But after a thousand years, it's like this is mm -hmm. no longer something we want. The story that won't save them. It, 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 it didn't yeah. um, satisfy them forever. Exactly, and yeah. this is it could only, yeah. So the so, the story saved them for only for so long. Yes, and it wasn't going to be something that could really help them forever. You have to learn to let go of things. You have to learn to move on. You have to learn yeah. to put things to rest, even if you loved them. Not everything lasts forever, right. and this is a sad thing to think about. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's, it's very, one of the hardest things hard. for human beings to do. Yeah, is to like come to a place where you're okay with letting go of something that you loved. Yes. But it, yeah, it just hard. is inevitable. Yeah. Nothing, nothing at all lasts forever. Right. And you have to be able to accept. And you can try that. to preserve it as long as you want. Yes. But you have to let go at some point. You and, have to let go. And this was a huge theme in uh, other Final Fantasy games too. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. They, they, they say right out in a lot of the interviews of oh, FF7 yes, I've heard that this, yeah. they did like some kind of... Um, they had some kind of survey where children were asked, like, can people come back to life yeah, after life yeah, after they yeah, die? Yeah. And a lot of them said yes. And this was troubling to yeah, yeah. I don't think Square Squaresoft conducted the survey, but they were looking at the results of the survey. Yeah. And they were that's why they decided this is a spoiler for a totally different <laughs> game. But in FF7, if you've played the game, I, I would think most people who are watching us have played it there's a sense of finality, a yeah. sense of like, no, like death is permanent. There, yeah. And, uh, and there's, there's dealing with that loss mm. and accepting it is a huge theme of, of that story. Which it was not for other Final Fantasy games. <laughs> no, right. And here, I, yeah. I feel like that's part of this as well, is you can't just hold on or preserve something you love forever. At some point, you've got to let it go. Um, and, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't love talking about this anymore. I feel like we, we did so much of it in previous years talking yeah. about what's the spirit of Final Fantasy. Is, oh, of course. Is uh, the Final Fantasy we grew up with and the Final Fantasy of today the same thing or how much has it changed or has that spirit been lost or whatever. And um, I kind of came to a place where I had to do that as well because I think many Squaresoft fans of the 90s yeah, were yeah. really holding on to their memories of uh, I see where you're going. Final yeah. Fantasy that, that they loved as kids growing up. And yeah. why can't they just make it like that anymore? Why did they change? Yeah, why is it different? Guys, we, we've got to let go. <laughs> <laughs> just like the faith letting go of Xanarkand and being allowed to rest, you've got to let it go, man. Like, yeah. it, it was never going to last forever anyway. Yes, yes. They were never nothing, going to continue. Nothing, no forever. good thing can last forever. Yes. And at what point are you going to be able to grapple with that and say it's yeah. okay? 
like I'm moving on now. Ooh, you're getting you're you're striking <laughs> close to the core of a, of a lot of people. Um, and yeah. and that's of course it's not just with you know media franchises you right. Love. It's freaking life. <laughs> it's it's everything in life. Yes, yes. Nothing's gonna last forever. This you podcast know. isn't gonna last forever. Uh, nothing lasts forever, yeah. right? At some point, something's gonna come yeah. to an end. And how have how can you mature as a person? To get to a point where you're able to accept that yeah, and yeah. say there will be other good things. Right. And let things go. Yeah. Right? Like that is a very important thing to learn in life. And I feel like that's kind of the theme they're touching on here with these faith. They they preserved mm-hmm. it for a thousand years and at some point the memory of Xanakin was no longer yes. sufficient to yeah. to uh, to them. They, they, they couldn't be happy with it anymore. This is the reason I feel why like it was a burden that just grew and grew and grew, and now it's just too heavy for them yeah. to, to hold this up still. And this is kind of what I was touching on with some of the themes in, say, Lost Odyssey with eternal mm. life. Uh, yes, why yes. eternal yeah. life? I do not believe eternal life would actually be satisfying right. at some point. And I no. think that that point yeah, will yeah. be different for every person. They will be able to find something else. Yeah. Might be a billionaire's. It doesn't matter. It's I don't all relative. Know when. Yes. That would happen, but at some point, I, it is my belief that you have got to let go of this life that you're living. Right. Because it cannot satisfy you forever. Every good thing must come to an end. Right. And if we were to try to preserve it forever, I don't think it would actually satisfy. That's almost like, um, so Nietzsche had this idea that to live is to suffer, but to survive is to find meaning in the suffering. Yes, right. right. And if you were to live without the suffering, you you would be bored. Yes. It's bored. almost like life without death is meaningless. Yes. You have to have the death yes. in order to do anything, in order yes. to be motivated, in order to have a meaningful experience. Without the death, mm-hmm. like what do you do? It yeah. just goes on forever. This is kind and eventually of, you just start, I don't know. I've had do? this discussion with some people yeah. like in my family who who will say things like, because I've, you know, I, I've, I've kind of become, uh, I, I've transitioned from growing up religious to being atheist at this point. And one thing right. that they would say to me is, well, then what's the point? And that's kind of my answer is like, without a actual death, a yes. real death, there kind of can't be a point. That's Nietzsche. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah. creates. <laughs> so I guess I would align with that philosophy yeah. to some degree. It's crazy to think but, about. And it's... <clears throat> Almost impossible to accept yes, as a human. Really hard. <laughs> but but it's almost also by that same token, it's almost impossible to refute yes. as well, and to come up with an example of no, I could do this forever and still find meaning. A trillion, everyone, a trillion years in the future, I will still find meaning doing this thing. Wants to believe that yes. that would be the case. Now and and it's possible there's an elimination of boredom or something, and it's yeah. just like everything's novel all the time. That's what people who take psychedelics they often will report oh, sure. that type of experience. Everything's new again, you know. And yeah. This this sense that you know you can re-experience with newness or something, but that comes along with like an ego death almost. Sure. It's like as long as you maintain your ego, your your conscious self, your your me, you know, I'm a Oh sure. Constructed as sure. long as you can maintain that. Um, Maybe that's the you're key. You're coming. There's some hard times <laughs> ahead. Yeah. Maybe but, the but key. But if you can let go of that to eternal life being satisfying is is the death of your ego. But once again, that's letting go. Who yes. wants who wants ego death? Right. Like some people who've been through it. Maybe maybe they'll welcome it once or a year. 
They'll go mm. do psilocybin or something, <laughs> just have that experience. Right. But it's not something humans want to do. We, our scary. ego is us, as well, far as we know. That's it the scariest part of that experience, yeah. is, the, is the moment where you start to feel that going away. Oh, dude. And yeah. that can, I've that, heard that's so like, many stories. That's the turn <laughs> of the trip. It's like, it can either go bad. And you bad. resist it. If you resist, if you resist it, it, it goes bad. Yes. If you can embrace it, it's actually really But embracing cool. <laughs> it is this thing you're talking about. It is letting yes, go. Right. It's letting go of your sense of self. Yes. That's all you have. Yes. <laughs> like to some extent you have, you know, as far money as and a house or whatever. Our understanding of what it means to exist. Yes. It's kind of all embodied in the ego. It's all right? in your mind. Yeah. Everything's in your mind. <clears throat> and and to let go of that is just a step that is 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 difficult to take. Yeah. But I can imagine after thousands of years there would come a point that it would be like I'm willing to to willingly step into this when mm -hmm. I was not previously. Right. Yeah. Another thing, uh, this is kind of just that the old Stoic idea of the Stoics from 2,500 years ago. They would talk about something along the lines of um, letting go of things. That's that that basically is Stoicism. If you want to, you know, put it into a nutshell, is yeah. you know, learning how to live while not being attached to yes. anything. Right. Right. So. Like one of the basic examples you can do if you want to try to live stoicism is to um, take your favorite thing that you have and like get rid of it. Right. <coughs> or um, to, not <coughs> to not ever use the same cup every time. This yeah, is one of the right. basic ones. Don't ever use the same cup every time because you'll become attached to that cup. Mm -hmm. And you'll always want to drink from that cup. And so it's like always use a different cup and keep recycling things. That way you just never really get attached. Get attached but the things. idea is to let go of everything. Mm -hmm. Eventually, including, and I think this is in Buddhism as well, because the Gautama Buddha, like the first Buddha from forever ago, um, he let go of everything, including his wife and children. Mm. He like was like, peace out, hope y'all have a good <laughs> life. I'm, I'm out. But he had attained this loss of self, this sense of ego death more or less. And he had gone to Nirvana and then come back and said, I now know the way, all is one, we're all, there is no I, it's only everything all in one, you know. Right. So you're my kid, but like, you're not really like my kid. Mm -hmm. You're everything's person and right. we're all together. And there's some resistance to that where sure. it's like, dude, your kid needs a father. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just like, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so there's some <coughs> criticism to be had because of that within the Buddhist tradition, but at the same time when you understand what the deeper thing of what it's saying is the stoic idea, yeah. is the you have to let go of everything eventually. Like your kid is, even even your family won't be around forever. Right. Yeah, I nothing, think that's deep. Nothing I think that's, will be around forever. Yeah, and I so, think that's deep. Yeah, there's probably some balance to be found where it's like while you're in this life, while you're able to take, you know, pleasure and satisfaction out of it, you know, do that, but also know it's not going to last forever, and mm -hmm. it's just going to be harder the but more you resist. Sometimes that knowledge it. makes it less fun. Yeah, like you're going to have fun, but you know it won't last forever, and it's like, well, you—that's a killjoy. You know, it's just like, okay, now it's actually not as fun anymore. Yeah, and maybe uh, that's only, why. Only I think if you really fear, if you're too attached and you're fearing having to let it go. Well, true, or true. if you yeah, if you true. fully embrace that, and it's like. Yeah. That's going to happen. I'm ready when that happens, but that's not today. Yeah. And so today I can enjoy this. Well, you look, even within Buddhism, you have the bodhisattvas, which are, it's a similar thing. They're basically just monks who live in the mountains. Yeah. You, you ha like, if you want to actually practice this letting go, 
you basically have to do that. Yeah. You know, you can't live in a city and a bustling nightlife and you know have all this stuff and work at a job and make money and make these payments every month. You're you can't do this if you're living that life, yeah. which is the life most people are living. Yeah. But then you, you basically have to go into the mountains and live in a monastery. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <coughs> here's the craziest interesting thing. Stuff that kid, Tita seems to have been unaware of Bahamut his entire life. What do you make of that? I don't, I can't decide whether that's what he's saying there or not. He does say, because so. he, he looks at him earlier in the game when yes. he's like, you can't, you can't do that tomorrow. And he, he's like, oh, okay, maybe we'll do it another day. And he says something like, I feel like I know you. I know, but it's weird because he goes, hey, you know me. We met in Bevel. Oh, and also your entire life I've been following you. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I just, I, I feel like what this is saying is you met me first at Bevel. You haven't seen me before that, even though we're familiar. It feels like... Maybe it's more a presence. Why would he say Bevel? It's a presence he feels, not necessarily a ghost he sees That's more or less what I'm getting at, yeah. Possibly. I could see that being the case. So his presence is there on Titus' mind, which lends credence to my idea. Yeah, that... They're just... These people are whispering in his ear. The faith are influencing... Yeah, like Furies. (laughs) Dreams Anarchand and sort of like pushing them in directions in order to break the cycle, right? Because yes. they're trying to get, they're trying to stop dreaming this forever dream. And yeah. so they're using the only thing they have any control over, which is the dream that they're thinking yeah. of. They're, they're creating these people who are going to be able to leave and become manifest as physical aeons. They guided their development in such a way to where they could come into spirit and actually end it all. And so he felt his influence, not necessarily yeah. saw him. That would make sense. Although, but I swear some of those flashbacks, he's just looking right at he him. He looks like he's looking right at him. But <laughs> maybe that's just a abstract representation of the idea that he's being guided. Sure. I'm, I can buy that. Yeah. I can buy that. That's, that's I what think that's I probably the best way to make sense of this. <clears throat> but, of course, someone in the comments will probably have a, have a much better <laughs> idea. So. Please, we welcome, welcome the comments. All right. So we got through that. That's kind of the... Uh, The biggest reveal. There's just two last things I want to say before we head to the next part. Yeah. He says, you two are more than just a dream. Yes. Because of their interaction with sin. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I know why maybe we're going to hit on that one a little bit later. Um, And then the faith summoning dude, just them packed into the walls. Yeah. The side of a wall. It's really crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh, man. It's just creepy. I wrote down that it looks like a Hieronymus Bosch painting. It's like... Just There's suffering. Just it looks like bundled together. Yeah. People. Oh, remember um, Eternal Darkness? Remember how they build mm-hmm. the pillar of flesh? I yep, think they yep. call it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this reminds That's, me of the freaking pillar like. of flesh, <laughs> and that is so horrific. That is so scary. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of see where um, Oren talks about, oh, the faith deserved to rest, or you know, pre- in previous right. episodes and things right. like that. And it's like, oh, they're just like dudes, just having a dream. Like, what's the big deal? But when you get to this point in the game you're able to kind of visualize, like, this is a monstrosity. Yeah. This is a chimera, or what would you go, this is just, this is a, an amalgamation of people to create this super being that is just a big, massive, fleshy ball of suffering. Yeah. And that's all that it is. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of people who want to die, but aren't allowed to die, stuck together 
in this like horrific monstrosity. The side of a freaking freezing cold mountain wall. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. freezing cold up the top of like Mount Everest, you know? Yeah. Crazy. And then also um, their use of pre-rendered backgrounds. This is, oh, yeah. th they've done this a few times throughout the game, but they did it enough here to where I was like, man, every. There were several scenes in a row yeah. where I was like, this is like Final Fantasy IX. Yep. Like this is pre-rendered yep. backgrounds here. Um, mm. It looked really good and actually I thought it was really nice. I think they did it really well. Yeah. All the pre-render backgrounds that they use in this game are pretty stellar. Yeah, like, really I think good. almost all the airship areas, aside from like the bridge, are okay, pre-rendered backgrounds. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. And sometimes like I don't that. even notice. Yeah. Like it's just I know, and that, the way they good. control <laughs> the camera, yeah, it just looks yeah. 3D. I mean, pff. Um, okay, so let's just kind of get through. I don't have like a ton of notes. Well, I do, but I, I think okay. we can. We can get through it quickly Sounds to good. kind of finish off this. We episode. go we go through that like waterway. Yeah, there's part the next. sanctuary up at the top. Yeah. Oh, um, but just to throw just a little bit of a transitory thing between the the faith there and then going to this next part. Titus doesn't tell anyone what he said. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And people ask him, they're like, dude, you passed out, like what's up? And he's like, Oh, I've just had a little just dream. Dreaming, yeah. No big deal. And but it's in part it's not that he doesn't want to tell them. He he doesn't know how to accept it himself. Yeah, right. And and if as we said many times previously, if he gives words to the idea that's in his head, he makes it real. And mm -hmm. he doesn't want to make it real yet. Mm -hmm. He wants to still give the possibility that he maybe isn't a dream. Well, because he's not willing to let go of his own ego. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so he's like, we're not talking about this. I'm not going to tell you any of this. I'm, I'm leaving. Try right. to imagine the plight here. Oh my <laughs> it's gosh. It's actually kind of That's insane. really, really scary. I am not... A real person. It, yeah, in Pinocchio. The sense, it's a Pinocchio thing. Yeah, in the sense of all these other people around me. Yeah, yeah. I was created in someone's mind Dude. <laughs> for the purpose of helping them die. Uh, and when they yeah. die and they stop thinking then about me, I'm gone. I'm die I die too because yes. I'm not actual I'm just their thought. Yeah. That's that it, is how, how hard how, an existence you, would that be to yes. accept? Well, how do you maintain <laughs> self worth and, and a sense of value that like I have some intrinsic meaning to my life? It's like you or that even you have free can't. will. Exactly. Yes, you're you don't even have free will. You don't even make your own choices. I mean, he you're sent of, here to do this. Stuff. It's kind of like everything about him and his personality was made by the faith. Yes, and then it's it a became story, and he's living physical. out that story. It became physical. Yeah. So, like, right now, in the real world spirit, the Aeon Titus mm. might have it to some degree. It's like they let go of him as they put him into the real world kind of a thing, and he's right. now autonomous to some degree. But they still but control like his fate. everything he thinks, everything he wants to do, everything yes. that he thinks is his own will came from this the dream of that, that dream. they influenced yeah. and made. Yeah. So that's true. Oh gosh, he he should be spiraling into depression right now. I don't know if he's right smart now. enough to think this deeply about it. He's smart enough to know not to talk about it. Yeah. Cuz he cuz it just feels wrong, right? And and cuz it took him a while to accept that that his father was sin. I could see him being like, "Yeah, I had a crazy dream and I don't even know if that dream was real." Yeah. Like maybe everything I just learned in the dream was was wrong. Yeah. And that, and I don't, don't talk about it because <laughs> just as long as you think that it might be wrong, then you can keep going on. Yeah, right. But as soon as he realizes it's not, it's like, phew, yeah, that's a crazy thing to come face to face with. Um, as they're kind of going further on, Arund kind of talks about how Unalaska is 
Yes, sending uh, them these challenges. Sending challenges to them. Well, and this is the craziest part, man, because this is where they, they're really just letting go with all of the, um, the Yevon stuff. Because yep. it's just like, not only were the summoners being sent to be sacrificed, but the summoners that died along the way were killed by Unaleska yes. because she was challenging them to do some natural selection survival of the fittest game to try and get the best summoner to show up yep. so that she can keep her existence and sin and the world in this ridiculous state. Cycle. But it's like, yeah, the, su the summoners aren't just dying on their journey. They are being killed by Unaleska. <laughs> she's killing them. Who's sending the she's sending to, the yeah. challenges mm -hmm. and she's giving them all this crap that they have to do. Mm -hmm. And like 90% of them died just trying to do it. And, and she has no issues with this. Cast yeah. them aside, they were too weak, you know? Mm -hmm. And this is also worth revealed that Lady Unaleska is a fiend just as much as Micah or Seymour is. Right? Yeah. Because she, Una was surprised that like, she's still wait, alive. She's still alive? It's yeah. like, well, the same as Micah well, or Seymour. This goes to say that the people of Yevon really don't know very much about the true workings of what happens here because mm -hmm. none of them ever go to Xanarkand. Only a few people actually make it to Xanarkand, right? And Aaron those people figure it out. one of them. Aaron's one of them. Those yeah. people figure it out and they're like, whoa, Unaleska is still alive and this is like some weird, creepy stuff, right? Yeah. But the majority of them, they have no idea that Unaleska is like still alive and she's the one sending all the challenges out for the summoners. They don't know that. Nope. And so even Yuna had no idea, right? She's surprised to hear all of this. So <laughs> there's a lot about <laughs> these inner workings here that they just have no idea about. Mm -hmm. uh, so he asks if she's lost her nerve, and she says, nope, nothing frightens me now. Uh, and then he says, Brasco would be proud. Then I must not let him down, she said. There you so go. they go into the sanctuary. Yeah, there's like an underwater passage. And right? yeah, Titus, Riku, and Waka, the swimmers, they kind of have to do a lot of it because they're the only ones who can hold their breath long enough because they're blitzball players slash yeah. excavators from the bottom of the ocean. We've talked about that many times. Yeah. Um, uh, you end up fighting the Sanctuary Keeper at the end of this, big boss at the end. But there's after that, there's some great dialogue between Titus Waka and Arn. Uh, Titus says, we're almost there, aren't we? And... Waka says, we've come a long way. And Aaron sort of chuckles and, and, and Tita says, what's so funny? And Aaron says, you remind me of myself. Before, the closer I came to Xanarkin, the more I wondered, when we arrive, Brasco will call the final Aeon. He'll have to fight Sin and then die. I thought my mind was made up long before, but when I stood here, kind of on this precipice that leads down into Xanarkin, uh, my resolve wavered. Ah, yes, yeah. And Waka says, huh, never would have figured. Legendary Guardians choke sometimes too, yeah? And he says, hmm, Legendary Guardian? I was just a boy. A boy about your age, actually. I wanted to change the world too, but I changed nothing. That yes. is my story. I took that note down too. <clears throat> I wanted to change the world, but I changed nothing because they're in a spiral mm -hmm. and they're still in the same he spiral. Learned the that situation didn't the change. Whole, he, he, yeah. he set out to change the world and realized that it was set up to never change. Yes. He couldn't now, do anything about it. Now, here's the craziest part. Now, I know the answer to this question, <laughs> but I'm going to pose this to people in general anyways. Okay. Why, just think about this, <clears throat> why did Aaron, why is he helping Yuna do the exact same thing 
And why is he so mm. like set on it? Right. And why is every time it's like Yuna has some crazy traumatic thing happen, he's like, we're still doing the pilgrimage, right? Mm. Okay, then we're good, right? And he really is set on doing this pilgrimage, knowing this line here that yeah, he can't the pilgrimage it. does it not change, change anything. anything. Mm -hmm. What? What do you think he's doing this? Does way? he have some other reason yeah. for doing this than what he's told us? Okay, so let's continue. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Okay, so as you approach the summit, you see Xanarkand or the ruins of Xanarkand. Yeah. And oh, in that underwater mm. realm, by the way, oh, the right. symbol that you keep, you're pushing all the buttons and stuff. Yeah. The symbol is the Sin symbol. Yes. It's not the Yavon symbol, the way that yeah. we see all the time. Oh, right. And this is yeah. the symbol because this is the gateway to Xanarkand. Right. Xanarkand starts with a Z. It's mm -hmm. the end, the end of, end of the, the journey. Alpha Omega. <coughs> yes. Yavon is Yevon. The Alpha. Now, yes. If you look at the alphabet, um, because Yavon is the letter A, mm. Sin is the letter Z. Yep. And there, there's kind of like an interplay between those two. Also, I mentioned the word Avum, A-E-V-U-M. Um, that starts with the letter A. I know it's Avon, but Japanese works different from English. So the whole Alpha and Omega thing. Yeah. I think the letter N mm, is the last letter of the Japanese syllabary and A. Ah is still the first one though. Okay. It's A-I-B-E-O, but then at the very end it's Wa-N and N. So it's A to N, A to N. Mm. Anyways, they don't really do that in Japanese. It doesn't have the same meaning. Uh, but in English it does, and they did a pretty good job there. So that's the reason, because remember, uh, Xanarkand is kind of named after the city Samarkand yes. from Central Asia. Um, and they changed the S to a Z. Why? Well, there you go. There you go. It's this the is end why. of the journey. It's the end of the journey, and mm. it's Sin and Xanarkand, A to Z. This is the end. Yep. So we're getting to the end of the journey here. Yep. And what Titus says narr narration-wise, a city dead for a thousand years, yeah. a city I had to see with my own eyes, the end of Yuna's journey, the last chapter in my story. My <coughs> thoughts, they kept floating up and then slipping through my fingers, slipping away before I could pin them down with words. So Before he could make them real before he could make with, real. His, with words. Um, Xanarkand looks beautiful, by the way. Yeah, when you awesome. step over that summit and you see the city, it, it goes into an FMV for a few seconds there. It's just, it is beautiful. It's mm. really, really cool. And of course, the sun is setting. Yep. So as they get to the letter Z and they reach the end of the journey, we get the sun set to kind of signify that everything's coming to an end now. Right. And then when we go into Xanarkand, it is officially nighttime. Right. And um, just really good using nature to... Yeah. Sim artistically tell the story, yeah. To show that we're, we're approaching the end. Yep. Um, the only other notes I have here, Riku, you know, she's trying to persuade Yuna not oh, yeah, to go. I have a note here too, yeah. But Yuna is resolved, she's gonna do it, you know. And then a sphere falls from her pocket, yeah. from her robes, which Titus picks up and listens to. And this is basically Yuna's final message to everybody in the party. <laughs> yeah, and she recorded it that one time when she was watching the yes. sunset where we walked out walked and walked out and yeah. talked to her. It, it gave her that the, pep um, talk. At Rin's shop on the Mian High Road. On the Mian High Road, yeah. yeah. So, and we, us interrupting her doing that is in the recording. I yeah. thought that was really nice. That yeah. was really cool. It's, it was really well done. Yeah. And the whole thing is great. It's a good, yeah, it's a good um, monologue. I, I love the music that plays here. This is like, uh, the uh, thought yeah, that I yeah. had while listening to it was, this is like quintessential Uematsu sentimental music oh, okay yeah. that just like you f it, it you feel conflicted while mm. listening to it you get like all the good feelings and the bonds of the the characters along the way but there's this sadness in it where she's having to come to terms with letting go 
of mm. that attachment that she had to everybody, yeah. and she's saying goodbye yeah. to them, right? Yeah. And like that's the whole plight of <laughs> like what it means to be alive is like to come here and to be yeah. attached and to love all these things and then have to let them go at and some then point. And to let them go. And she's but the doing love that. is the point. Yes, in some you know. That's why ways. this recording makes me feel something. I feel yeah, like it, yeah. it embodies like the plight of humanity or yeah, what, yeah, every yeah. living thing, I guess, yeah, that yeah. can't have attachments right. and can grapple with the thought that you have to let go of those things or yes. accept, you know, loss. And it's all embodied in this whole speech. Yeah, she's saying goodbye to everybody. And it's just really, really well done. So she says goodbye to well, Aaron first and thanks him for being her guardian. Yeah. And then she and moves then on to Kimari. Kimari yeah. and then she moves on to Waka and Lulu, and uh, finally to um, to Tita's Tita. last. And it's funny because she actually meant to re-record this later. Yes. Because she screwed up. She goes, "Oh man, how do I do this I over say again?" That like that. <laughs> and then, but then I guess she forgot to, or she was going to. She figured she had time, but we heard her first draft. Yes. Which is why it's not like super poetic. It's not like the the emotion. The impact of the scene isn't in how you know the 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 prose of the yeah. way that it, it's more just the connections just in general, cool. and it's just the it's it's just the fact because she doesn't even know what to say about Titus. Yeah. She's like, as for Titus, I uh, well I don't know. She's, I'm just glad I met you. This really more or less struggling to, to put to words what it feels like to be in love. Yes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't know how to say that because she at doesn't that, say that, I love that you time, or any of that. She hadn't admitted her feelings to him yet, right? Yeah, yeah. So she didn't know how to say that without saying that. And it, yeah. it, it's just, it's the way people are. They, they, yes. have, they struggle oh, yeah. to yeah, articulate yeah. what they're feeling. Absolutely. But we can still understand oh, what she's Oh, it still feeling. comes across perfectly. Yeah, and, and I, I especially love the line, this is what it feels like. It's much yeah. more wonderful than anything I had ever imagined. Wonderful, but it hurts sometimes. Yeah, like, how yeah. much more simply can you put love? Love. Than that. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Yes, absolutely. And it's like the purpose for everything, but at the same time, it, it hurts. Kind of sucks. It really hurts. Yeah. And it hurts a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so she's just trying to say thank you for everything. Maybe that's why it hurts. When I think about us never being together again at all, <coughs> I'm afraid. Yeah. No, I shouldn't say that. I'll do that part over. Yeah, and but that's that's the whole plight of what the faith are, have accepted. Yes, yeah, it, yeah, it's maybe that's why it hurts when I think about us never being together again at all. When I think about my Xanarkand being destroyed, I'm mm, afraid. I'm right, afraid that yeah. I'll never have it again. Yeah, yeah. You have to grapple with this, man. Yes, everybody on Earth. Yeah. yeah. Unless you want to just really be a f super afraid of death, All the which time. is going to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Hate to break you it. You cannot escape it. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want to be afraid of that your whole life and just, ooh, you've got to accept the fact that everything comes to an end. And yeah. she's trying to do that and she's kind of working through that as she's talking to him, right? The, this wonderful feeling she's discovered of being in love. I never, I never could have imagined how wonderful this feeling is. Right, right. But I know that it's going to come to an end, and I don't know how to deal with that right now. Yeah. So I don't know what to say. <laughs> and yeah, I think this is my third 
playthrough of Final Fantasy X, I feel like yeah. this theme is the one jumping out to me this time. Yeah. More so, so than go. any other. Like on mm. other playthroughs I thought about, you know, the dangers of theocracy. Oh, of course. And things like that. Yeah, yeah. But like this time, what's really jumping out to me is again acceptance, which is exactly the theme that we talked about in um, Hellblade Sound of Sacrifice. Yes, yes. Um, it's the it's the theme that I feel is most resonant or strongest in Final Fantasy Seven. Um, uh, even Nasca Valley of the Wind. Nasca Valley had of Wind. Some of that, yeah. And yeah, acceptance was we were talking about that the whole, like through that whole podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. So maybe this is just the thing I'm thinking about the most at this point in my yeah. life. So I'm seeing it and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's projection. That means it's you're a little bit of projection, but everything's projection. It That's feels how the mind really kind of works. It feels really strong. Yeah. In the section we played for this week's episode, and um, it and to me it, it's it's just so vitally important to be able to make the most out of life. If you're too attached and you're holding on to things when they end and you can't let them go, you're just going to have a lot of um, dissonance <laughs> yeah. in your life. Well, you know the word resentment. Yeah. It means re-sense, right? Resentiment, right? It's um, yeah. you re-feel it over yeah. and over. Just keep, uh, that's the cycle of spirit, Exactly. Right? And resentment is re-feeling. And the resentment comes from something being taken you from, from you too early. Yes. Or you think it was too early or right. however you want to construe it. Right. Um, but you, you, you keep feeling that. You keep wanting to feel the same thing over again, but you can't. Um, <coughs> but, and that's the word resentment. I just think that's... So all the death that keeps yeah. happening, the cycle that was created, is all because these faith and a character we're going to talk more about resentment. later. Because of resentment. Resentment about yeah. the loss of Xanarkand and yeah. the inability to let it go. Yeah. To, to try to fight against nature, which is death. Death is what rules, <laughs> yes. right? And to yeah. say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that memory real forever. I'm never going to let it go. And what it created was a world of just this spiral, uh, yeah. inescapable, never changing. Th that's, that's what's connecting it to me, right? Like the world of Spira never changes because these people could not let go of Xanarkand. So to me, that's what jumps out. You have to yeah. accept the loss. You know, that's really on. prescient, actually. In order like for <laughs> change to happen. Yeah, yeah. Because if you just keep living here, like, you don't progress. You don't change. Nothing happens. It just stays the same forever. And you live, yeah. and, and there's no growth. We did and talk about that in get years a bit, too. Yeah, yeah. 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 You have to accept it, let it go, and then you can and move, move somewhere. On. You know Ray Kurzweil, right? And the the... Um, we want to live forever crowd, right? No. I don't. Okay. So Ray Kurzweil works for Google, I think, and he's part of their immortality division. What do they call it? The the human life extension kind of oh, project. I've not doing. heard of it. Uh, Peter Thiel is also a huge investor in another kind of one of these types of things. They both feel like they will not die. Peter Thiel and Ray Kurzweil. They they think they're coming close to some either uploading your conscience to a computer or to allowing your DNA or the telomeres or something to let you live longer. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but I am not happy about this. <laughs> I don't know how to put this. I feel like the human nature to live forever um, is going to get more and more and more. 
people are already living longer and longer. Oh, sure. You know the issue with Numenorians, right? Back yeah. in the Silmarillion. Yeah. That's a huge it's theme this of, thing. of Tolkien works. Yes. So Tolkien, in the Silmarillion, um, it wasn't Iluvatar, I guess it was Manwe, right? Who decides, okay, we will allow some of these humans to live really, really long. Because the humans were so upset that the elves get to live forever. Yes. So Manwe was like, okay, we'll make you a little island and you can live here, and we'll like quadruple, like we'll 10x your life. You're, you'll live like a thousand years. And they just became and more And they're like, sweet, I know. More resentful. It had the opposite impact. They get to Numenor, after a thousand years, they still have to freaking die. And they're just like, they were up in arms against the gods. Like yes. it made them even more. Because they hated the resentment. It was so like high. I feel like the, the analogy for this is the wealthy of this world. Ah, yes. The more they will become attached yes. you are well, that's Peter to your Diel, life and one your of the things, richest people. the more you cannot, you, the, yeah. the, the harder it is to let go. Yes, exactly. And they're the ones that want to let go the least. Yes. And to the point where but it's like, dude, they'll do anything. I, they'll I see harm, that. They'll harm, <laughs> they'll uh, step all over, whatever it takes. This, yeah, is, this yeah. is how villains are created. It's like yeah. the more that you have, the more attached you are, the the harder you fight to maintain what you have, the the less you can accept the loss of the things yes. that you love. And I they claim to think that immortality is possible. Even if it is possible, the, there is still the very distant but existent concept of heat death of the universe. I mean, yes. even if somehow you get to harness, you build Dyson spheres around every star in the galaxy <laughs> and everyone's alive based on this like electrical current that they uploaded their minds to computers or whatever, the universe itself will still die. Like you, yeah. you can't, you, you, unless you can exit the universe. I don't know what, what's possible at that point. But, but even um, if you could. Even if you could, you're still going to die you're, somehow. You're just staying at some point, forever. At some point, yes. There's got to be an end, man. Yes. Or yeah, else yeah. you're never, you cannot, yes. there is no such thing as satis, I, I believe. There is no <laughs> such thing as an actual satisfying eternal life. Yeah. At some point, you've got to let go. <coughs> you've got to. Or else you will become bored, which is like the worst thing because there's no progress anymore. Yeah. You've done you know, it all. There's nothing left. I am just at this point going to bring up just a general concept, just just to slightly, not to counter what you said. It actually agrees with what you said perfectly, <laughs> but in a religious sense. Oh, sure. That um, I know the idea of theosis, right? Yes. Of becoming God, becoming one with God, becoming God one way or another, however that is, right? Um, we talked about the idea of, of Avum and of eternity, right? And how the saints kind of become one with the will of God yes. and they live forever as the body of God. And yes. there, there's kind of an idea here. There is a religious idea within Catholicism and uh, other other religions as well um, that, you know, you can become one with God in a different way. But what that entails is ego death. And ego this death. is where it's basically still what right. you're saying. It's yes, still you're what still you're saying. letting go. You, you basically give up your will <coughs> to God and you become a part of God in a in a way, but that requires you to lose your your sense of self. It requires you to lose your ego, your drive to do your own thing and to be in control and to give that all up. So even within a religious framework Context, that yeah. many Christians believe, ego death is still is part of that. Yes. You still need to give up your will to a greater will in in one way or another, whether it's from the atheist side or the Christian side. Yeah. It actually is 
more or less the same thing is being said to attain the highest you know glory in heaven you gotta you gotta lose the ego you gotta lose it you gotta Mm -hmm. become one with nature god the universe whatever you whatever you want to call it you have to like lose your sense of your individual like attachment to the to the universe to the world yeah i believe on this playthrough of ff10 that that is what the theme of this game is there you go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is why anyone who has played Final Fantasy X-2, I won't spoil it for anyone. Oh, yeah. Actually, let's just wait. Let's just wait till well, we get to the end. At, of at the very end of this, about. I think we should talk, at the very least, watch that first intro to FF-10-2 and, and just give some comments on that. And maybe we'll play 10 later if maybe you guys vote for it. But I'll just say this. This yeah. is why I feel like the, the Final Fantasy sequels, the direct yeah. sequels to Final Fantasy games, in, in particularly in Ten and Seven's case, Mm. They undermine mm. everything I'm talking about. Yeah. and Because they're calling back to a past that trying, they don't want to let go of. <laughs> trying not to let go of it. Uh, yeah. It's trying I to undo right. the idea that you have to accept right and let that. go of things. And that's why I can't accept them <laughs> uh, as, as being good supplements to the, the, the original stories. The, the Final Fantasy VII OG and Final Fantasy X they are standalone stories. Mm. They really were meant to be that way, in my opinion. So, anyways, we'll continue that conversation another time. Okay. But we appreciate you guys listening, as always. Thank you for supporting the channel. Um, if you want to vote on the next game we talk about, hit mm. us up on Patreon, subscribe star, and uh, vote. Uh, those will be live when this goes live. So, see you next time. Peace out. <laughs>